It is Friday, October 21st, 2022. This is another edition of Baseball Today. That is my man, Trevor Plouffe. I am Chris Rose, producer Dan, along for the ride as well. It is all presented to you by our friends at SeatGeek. Happy weekend. Happy weekend. We don't do shows on Saturday and Sunday, so who knows? Maybe by Monday, we're going to know our World Series matchup. Oh, my gosh. It's happening fast right now. In the NLCS, no days off. We're going Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So yeah, man, this is uh, this is awesome. I love the CS. There's just so much at stake because getting to the World Series in itself is a massive accomplishment. So this is this is the biggest right here. Second Let's biggest. get to it. Houston a three-two win on Thursday night to take a two-nothing lead in the ALCS. What was the big moment from game two? Was it Bregman's three-run homer? Was it Judge's almost homer? Was it the Carpenter's check suit? check swing strikeout to end the game was it something else it's interesting because once Bregman hit that three-run homer it felt like game over even though the Yankees answered with two uh in the next half inning but I think that's where I'll go is that next half inning you have you know a couple base runners get on there then you have Framber fall to his butt throw the ball into right field runners on second and third no out and then he was able to settle down Rizzo does his job, hits a ground ball to the first baseman, moves the runner over, gets one in. Labor gets the RBI knock, infield single. So now you have a runner on first base with one out and a 3-2 game. The next two dudes strike out swinging. And Framber, after the game, said like earlier in his career that would have that inning might have unraveled on him. Um, but he's been able to work on you know his mental strength a little bit. Um, working with a team doctor, and he said he's figured out ways now to slow down the moment and to, you know, kind of push through moments like that. And that's why he had that many quality starts in a row. He's able to reset when he needs to. And after that, I think he gave up like one hit or two hits and was just filthy, man. So I think that was a big pivotal moment there. Like if you're the Yankees, it's great to get two and 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 answer back, but you kind of had him on the ropes there, and you could have, you know, worked more bats and gotten his pitch count even deeper and maybe even tied the game. Uh, but instead those are the only two runs you get. And the offense is just looking anemic at best, Chris. I would go to the eighth inning. Uh, not so much the judge ball because that happens. Although some people want to complain about the roof being open. I mean, it was really odd how it just opened in the eighth inning, just for judges at bat to knock it down. Oh, wait, no, it was open ahead of time, and it wasn't even Houston's call because they like to play with the roof closed. Uh, that part, I don't care about. You know, happens. Would have been only a home run in one other one place, and that would have been Yankee Stadium. So Bader tra- tags up, and they get to a 3-0 and count now on yeah. Stanton. Yep. And the next pitch, probably ball four, a little low. Uh, I did think that I think it was D.J. Rayburn behind the plate last night. I thought he was remarkably inconsistent on both sides. I didn't think it was a good strike zone. I thought he was all over the place, particularly wide. Um, You saw Altuve kind of bark at him. But, listen, we've seen Stanton not get a call before in the playoffs, and then the next pitch he hits a homer. Well, then he went (laughs) strike, strike, and back to the dugout. I thought that was a huge, huge thing for Abreu, who was a guy that was not going to be counted on uh, at the beginning of this season, certainly at any sort of high-leverage situation. And Dusty was asked after the game, you know, why are you so confident? He's like, 
well, did you see what he did during the regular season? Like, that's our dude. That's our dude to get the ball to our closer. You know, we'll give it to him. He's one of the guys we rely on. And I love stories like that. Um, I thought it was a monumental moment here. Uh, if Stanton gets a big hit, and he has had several big hits for the New York Yankees, uh, you know, during his time in October there, and he couldn't come up with it. And that was a big deal. That was a big deal to me. Uh, by the way, did you have the problem with the game ending on a check swing or not? You know, I never saw like a replay of the side angle. It didn't look like they, it was uh, an exaggerated. They had, they had it. And did he go? Yeah, I mean, I thought so. Uh, the booth thought so. Um, he didn't I complain at all. MLB That's kind of. afterward and Greg Amsinger's standing on his usual hill that he, he needs to find one so that he could, you know, make sure that he gets his point across. But he was saying game can't end on a check swing. The game, you know, you have to remember it's entertainment. I was like, no, Greg, it's it's a game. I mean, it is Sports, entertaining, yeah. but we don't do that. We don't not end a game on a check swing because you want to continue to watch it. Like either you could argue as to whether or not he swung. You know, it was the same sort of deal that ended a series last year between the Giants and Dodgers, right? I mean, I look at the hitter's reaction the most. Carpenter walked back to the dugout mm. with a sad expression on his face. It wasn't a mad one. It was a sad one that the game just ended. So I don't know if that's just him. Um, but, yeah, I don't know what he's talking about. You, of course you can end the game on a check swing. What does that even mean? You can end the game on a lot of different things. Yeah, it was silly. It was silly. But I thought there were a lot of big mo- – listen, the what the Astros have won two games, four to two and three to two. They've been fun-filled games, really interesting a lot of things you can point to. That's kind of what we expected. Hey, that I'm glad you gave Bader a little love there. That was an incredible base running play by him because that ball of judges bat, you know, people, it looked like an extra base hit. I know there are no doubles there, so you have to understand that, that they're going to be there. Um, but for him to tag there and get to sc- in scoring position um, is huge. It was a one-run game, and not many people would do that. That takes a little bit of balls and, and some baseball – knowledge some high iq type stuff right there from bader i like that a lot both pitching staffs have been really really good so far the starters last night were excellent uh, i thought severino was really really good fun to watch however uh he did say something interesting about the judge fly ball that wasn't a homer and the bregman one that was does that team really frustrates you that they've had your number for so long and it's happening again not at all. Uh, I threw a great pitch. I mean, he hit at 91. So that's the only thing that I'm going to say. And Judge hit at 106 and didn't go out. So, I don't know. They got lucky. There's, you know, there's that phrase again. They got lucky. Do you agree? This is like the one time I wish we didn't have exit velo in the game because, like, dude, one was a home run and one wasn't. You know, like, everyone was playing with the same elements. You know, I think what they're looking at, and shout out our guy Devin Fink on Twitter. He, he had all the stat cast measurements there. So 106 off the bat, 28-degree launch angle. 28-degree launch angle is about as perfect as you can hit a ball as far as, you know, you know getting it to go it's the furthest distance you need. Like, that's the perfect home run launch angle, 28, 27, right around there. 106, 28 degree launch angle, only traveled 345 feet. Uh, those balls typically on average travel 414 feet. So I think that's what they're referencing. Uh, but the elements are there and they are what they are. And Bregman understands that the Crawford boxes are there. And if you're going to come inside on him, 
You better go even further inside. He chokes up on the bat. He can pull the hands inside. That's the type of hitter he is. That's all he focuses on. So, I, you know, I, I get what Savvy's saying. Like, we wanted to get in, in there, and he did get in the kitchen a little bit, down on the label a little bit, but not enough. You can't blame the elements like this, especially especially when, like you said, at least an article that I read said it's Major League Baseball's call. Now, why they had the roof open, I have no idea, but they did, and you just can't be complaining about things like that. No one got lucky, man. You lost the game. It's, it's to the Bronx now. Worry about that. I, don't, I just don't like when you go back and call people lucky. You had nine innings, man. You struck out 13 times. Like you guys whiffed 25 times on a on pitches by Framber. Like it's, it's the offense. Well, this isn't the first time we've heard this out of a really good pitcher, right? Spencer Strider did it earlier this year when the Mets took it to him. Um, he said afterward they were lucky. You know, go look at the exit velos on that. We'll see if that continues. Uh, you know, in September in the playoffs or whatever exactly he said, and he ended up actually being. Being right, I guess, because the Mets didn't go as far as the Atlanta Braves. Um, here's where I don't like it. Unless, so Luis, correct me if I'm wrong, weren't the Yankees lucky to score two runs off of Framber yes. Valdez? Like, <laughs> if he doesn't trip over his own dick trying to feel the ball, then the Yankees don't score at all yesterday. Was Jose Altuve unlucky yesterday because he had two balls that were hit with an exit velo over 100? In fact, he smoked one that was harder than the Aaron Judge ball that you were just talking about that should have left the yard, but it didn't result in a hit. I want to go over something that you said. Numbers have overflowed in our game. So now we're looking for explanations for everything that either happens or doesn't happen. Why can't we just accept it? Like so, like those defenders are put in a certain area where if you smoke a ball right on the screws, occasionally it gets caught. That's not a new thing in 2022. That was happening in 1922 as well. It's just we now have data that should explain why that should have been a hit instead of an out. But that's the beauty of the sport. Sometimes you can do everything right and it still doesn't end up with the result that you wanted. So if it doesn't end up with the result that you want, then we're looking for an explanation why. Why can't it just be? Isn't that good enough? Can I answer the question for Savvy again? Please. You know, I, I made that pitch. I wanted to go inside. I thought I got it in there enough. Um, but Bregman pulled his hands in. It was down on the label, but he just made a – I made a good pitch. He made a better swing on it. He knows this ballpark. He's trying to go into the boxes. I tried to expose him in to get him to chase. And I thought I got it in there enough, but I didn't. Bregman made a great swing on that pitch, man. You got to tip your cap. That's it. Pretty good. Because that's what happened. That is what happened. Alex Bregman, look at him swing the bat. He chokes up. He keeps his hands inside the ball. He didn't hit that pitch great. But guess what? Go look at his... Go look where he hits homers. It's pull side. He understands where he plays. Those Crawford boxes, beautiful sight for a right-handed hitter, for any hitter. So, dude, you got beat on your own game. That's it. I don't know. I'm, I'm kind I don't of like sick that. of it. I don't like it. I, I really am. And this is where, like I said, the numbers 
I'm all for it. I'm all for finding out how to be a better baseball player, how to be a better baseball team. But let's stop making excuses when it doesn't fit your narrative because here are the numbers. Sorry. I just like watching baseball. That's all. Like sometimes you hit a ball great, it doesn't work out. Sometimes you hit a ball kind of shitty and it falls. Like all the time, like all the time in baseball. All the time. <laughs> like all it's been the going time. on for a lot longer than just 2022. Jeez, man. That's all I can tell you. It, and it just looks amateurish when that's the way. What's the rolling. percentage of Frambert like actually just regularly fielding that ball and throwing it to first and not falling on his butt and tripping over his dick, like you said? Pretty good percentage, right? Today's edition of Baseball Today presented to you by our friends over at SeatGeek. It is the premier place on your phone to find the best seats in the house. So I want you to do a few things. Pick up your phone, go to your app store, download the SeatGeek app today and use it. Whether you're going to a game this weekend in Philly or New York, baseball playoffs, maybe you want to go check out your favorite NFL team. NBA is back in session, NHL is as well, college football full throttle, every concert is there, just a finger push away. Download the SeatGeek app, use your code JOHNBOYPLAYOFFS, that is all caps and all one word, and you will receive 10% off your order, whether you're a first-time buyer or not. Usually, this only goes to those that are rookie purchasers on SeatGeek. That ain't the case right now. If you're a return customer, use the code JOHNBOYPLAYOFFS, get 10% off. In addition to that, sometimes people get a little intimidated with some of these apps. They go, oh, my God, I don't know if it's a good seat. SeatGeek does. They rank them on a scale of 0 to 10. They color code them as well. If it's a green seat, you're good to go. If it's a red seat, stay away from it. But just make sure you go download the SeatGeek app today at the App Store on your phone. Use the code JOHNBOYPLAYOFFS. Get 10% off your order, whether you're a first-timer or not. It is that simple. Go enjoy the games, the concert, whatever you want to do. SeatGeek will be your friend. We continue on as the NLCS after travel day is back to work this weekend for games three, four, and five in Philadelphia. Musgrove and Suarez tonight. Then we have no idea on Saturday. Game five, it looks like Darvish against Wheeler, a rematch of game one. Which of those three games are you most interested in going into the weekend? I love watching Joe Musgrove pitch, and I also like watching Ranger Suarez pitch. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say that pseudo bullpen game in Game Four. I'm very interested in that because we've seen this in the ALCS as well. In the NLCS, I feel like it's kind of been the same thing. The, the managerial decisions in the bullpen have kind of just happened. Like there hasn't been too much thought in them. They've kind, they've kind of had good starts from their starters, so it makes their job a little bit easier. But when you're navigating a bullpen day, I'm I'm curious. I'm assuming it's going to be Syndergaard. I'm assuming Syndergaard starts for the Phillies, and I'm assuming Clevenger starts for the Padres. And then after that, I want to see how they get through those middle innings because that's going to be a massive part of this series. Uh, Padres bullpen's been pretty good. Phillies bullpen's been kind of. Some guys have been good. Some guys haven't. I'm just curious how they get through the middle innings there. And if one of those two guys that starts that game has a bad start and they have to figure out a way to get through like seven innings using the bullpen, like that is really tough on a manager. But I like watching that. I like the decision making. I think the three batter minimum is really good for situations like this. Like 
you have to have a plan and then you have to have another plan and then another plan because things go awry. I want to see who handles the bullpen better. I mean, that's what it comes down to, but it's not just Saturday. It's tonight too. What happens if one of those guys is struggling? Like, do you let them go a little bit longer because we're playing possibly five straight days to finish the series? I think you, yes, yes. And I also think that you have one guy tonight that's like, you're going to have to pick up some slack. Like you have a guy tonight that can go three innings if that uh, scenario arises. Because if it doesn't, then that guy still is going to be ready for the same kind of role in the following game. Whoever the long guy is, whether it's Gibby um, or, you know, Falter or whoever, like I don't know who the the Phillies are going to have. Like he's got to be on standby, on standby. Because Rangers Torres went what, like three innings is in his first start or something like that? I think so, something like that. But also, you know, from on the Padres side, that guy's probably Manaya, right? I think it's Manaya, yes. Yeah, so it'll be interesting. Like, I hope for both of their team's sake that both those guys are still around in, the like, at least the fourth inning. It's going to get dicey, man. Because you're going to have mean? to stay away from certain guys. Usually in the playoffs, like, we've seen – we saw the Dodgers one year, and I forget who it was that they used like every game. I think it was in that 2017 series. There was a bullpen pitcher that pitched like every game. Um, and he was great for him for the most part. And I, I hate it that it's slipping my mind. If somebody wants to throw it in the chat, that's great. Um, but I don't think you'll be able to do that. I mean, who the hell is going to be able to pitch five straight days if you need him? Anybody? Didn't someone just do that? I don't Peralta. know if it was five straight. I mean, we haven't had any five Peralta, straight days. Peralta just did it. And, but he uh, didn't pitch five straight days. Okay, days. Yeah. I mean, You're that's right. a big difference, right? There, were, there was right. a travel day. Two off uh, days, yeah. No, well, there was, was there there a, was a rain day? out. No, there was a rain they out. They didn't end up having a travel day, but they had a rain out. So there you go. Yeah, I'm I'm curious. It's it's gonna be tough. And like sometimes that baseball is like so intense when you're going through that bullpen because you know like each guy that finishes, he's gone. Now it's it's your your uh pickings become slim. Yeah. Uh what is the one thing you're most interested to see as the NLCS comes to Philly for the first time in a dozen years? Just kind of big picture here. I just love seeing Bryce Harper in the playoffs at home mm. and Reese Hoskins. I think those two guys, uh, Reese has been there. I think he's the longest tenured position player there. Sounds right. Pretty sure. And I like that he's had his moment there and the place was rocking, but there's something about watching Bryce in the playoffs and he's been really good. I I just, I want to see a homer, man. I just want to see an absolute Bryce bomb and that place explodes. I know the atmosphere is going to be incredible. It wasn't San Diego. It's going to be rocking on a freaking weekend three game set, essentially in Philly. That place is going to be going crazy, dude. So I think the most, the thing I'm most looking forward to is a Bryce bomb. That'll be fun. No question. We saw it in the series against Atlanta and that place, if it had had a roof, which hadn't previously been opened by Major League Baseball during the playoffs, it would have blown off. I'm a big fan of that sort of stuff. I'm curious to see if um, Josh Hader continues his dominant run. I mean, holy smokes. Uh, Five and a third in the playoffs. One hit allowed. 10 Ks. That's 10 Ks of 16 outs. In fact, he's only given up one run in his last 15 appearances, I believe. 
pretty damn special. And did you see that for the first time ever, he topped 100 miles an hour? Dude, he he's throwing harder than ever. Like, whatever his little situation was going on with his release point, he's figured it out. His mechanics look great. Absolutely great. And, I mean, the results speak for themselves. Yeah. Because, um, I, I, by the way, I was shocked that he hadn't hit 100 on the gun before. I thought for sure he had. Yeah, you're right. I I would just assume that too because everyone throws 100 now. But um, hey, better late than never. Yeah, yeah. A uh, little interesting story yesterday on Luis Garcia, a former um, member in the Phillies organization, now Padres pitcher. He was trying to make it um, in baseball, didn't for a while. He became a professional barber. What's one everyday job that you could have been good at? If you hadn't been a baseball player, my former Phillies teammate Garcia, you oh. mean? I'm pretty, sure I, I'm pretty sure I've seen him cutting someone's hair in the in the in the clubhouse. Excuse me. Wow. Um. So shout out to him. Love that. What's one everyday job that I would have been good at? I don't know, man. I was not good at cleaning pools. That's like my other job experience is cleaning pools. With my dad. I mean, I was, I'm okay. My dad never wanted me to be good at it because he always just said, don't do this. You don't want to do this. Um, so I think, I think I would have been like, a, I think I would have been a teacher. That's a hard job. That's a hard Very. job. Um, I liked history, specifically U.S. history. So I would have liked to teach a U.S. history class. I think I would have been good at it only because I'm just so interested in it. And I think it's what you have to be to be good at something. You have to be into it. And I would have so been a cool I, um, teacher, bro. I would have like walked into class and my yeah, hat backwards, like, hey, bro, what's up, high school kids? Yeah. And, and like, the problem out. is you would have been the hot teacher. Those are well, I would have taught in an all-boys school. Okay, good. Thank you. Which is still the same. I would still would have been the hot teacher at the all-boys school. Ha. Um, so I would probably would have been a therapist, although yeah. I I don't I wouldn't call that an everyday job because I think that's a real specialized field, obviously. So I wouldn't have minded being a therapist if I hadn't gone into the sports broadcasting world. But, nothing wrong with an everyday job. What do you mean? That's not like no, no, no. I'm not saying that there is. I'm saying that, you know, but therapist means you got to go to extra school and all yeah. that sort of stuff. So I'm I'm not believe me, I'm not downplaying what the everyday job is. So what, what I, I guess what I'm getting at is if there had been Uber back in the day. I think I would have been good at that. Okay. Um, I like to talk to people. Some people don't like to talk when do you are you a talker when you're in an Uber to the Uber driver? Hell no. Oh my really? gosh. You know that I get like if you get the black car or like a whatever, you can huh? say, Don't talk to me. Like I smash that button, bro. I just wow. And the same way at a when I get my hair cut and the and if the person if i have a barber that i go to like regularly they know like hey i'm here because i like to just chill out. i almost fall asleep in the barber's chair dude i like i don't like to hear about like everyone's life story you're the anti-social king in certain situations yeah how do we get here how do we get here i don't know i don't know either um all right, we know you got uh, to talk of baseball every day throughout the weekend as well, correct? Every day. Today That's we good. recorded Jake and I players only. We talked about the Yankees Astros game two, and it was a sad pod for Jake. I loved it. 
What do you got? Uh, latest episode of the Rose Rotation with Stephen Brault is out. He was excellent in part because he is from San Diego. So this is a special time for him. Yeah, he got engaged. He did. He got engaged. We covered that. He and Lydia, congratulations to them. We went over the whole thing, what happened. So um, that was great. He's amazing on the, did you see the San Diego, like those people that were singing that song about the, that's what's in. Yeah, you know? I, I did see that. I turned it off like pretty much immediately. I know it was horrible for many, many reasons, but um, that was funny. That was really funny. So he's got a good comment or two on that. Um, he's got all sorts of stuff. We talked about whether or not Shohei should be traded since that popped up this week. And he's the, like the biggest Shohei fan. Thought he had an interest. That's actually, that's Ben Verlander. So wrong. Oh, that's true. You can ask Jeff Passon about that. Hey guys, go check out the stream tonight. Cole Tucker is in town in New York with the guys, uh, in the lounge watching the game. I think it's going to be him, Jake and Paxton tonight watching this Phillies. Oh, that'll um, be fun. San Diego game. Yeah. That'll be fun. All right. Um, we're back at it on Monday. Will we have at least one of the World Series participants by Monday show? No. So we will have a game six back in San Diego. We will have a game five in New York. I think so. I would sign up for that as a baseball fan in a second. Uh, everybody have an amazing weekend for our one-of-a-kind producer, Dan Rourke, and my man, Trevor Plouffe. I am Chris Rose. Have a great baseball weekend. We will see you Monday on Baseball Today.